You're listening to Positive Pulse. I'm your host, Sandy Washington. We bring you positive news, inspiring stories, and helpful information. Thanks for tuning in. Positive news and inspiration. Positive Pulse FM. You're listening to Positive Pulse. I'm Sandy Washington, and we bring you positive news and inspiration. And in today's positive news spotlight, we have with us Dr. Nika White, and we're very excited to have Dr. White with us today. She is an accomplished marketing communications executive and economic leader as well. Now, we're featuring Dr. Nika White in our positive news spotlight today because of her great and extensive work as a diversity and inclusion practitioner and a community advocate as well. One thing I could tell you about Ms. Nika White, she'll be telling us more about diversity and inclusion as well. Dr. Nika White has been featured in the Greenville Business Magazine, the Network Journal Magazine, as well as My 40 TV in Greenville, South Carolina. And we want to welcome to the show, Dr. Nika White. Fantastic, Sandy. Thank you so very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. It's a pleasure to have you as well. And we know also that you are the founder of Nika White Consulting. Let's start right there. Just tell us a little bit about Nika White Consulting. Sure. So my background is marketing communications. And after spending a number of years in that industry, I really felt a strong affinity to the work of marketing communications and advertising agency environment. And I love what I was doing so much to where I recall one day sitting in my office and I had an epiphany. I started thinking about how much I love the culture of the environment, how much I really appreciated the fast-paced, dynamic atmosphere. Everything was always on time, on budget, on strategy, how I love the creative process, the strategic process. I really felt I was in my element, but there was one thing that I could not let go of, and that was the thought of why is it that I can enjoy this career path and there's no one else that looks like me that's taking advantage of this wonderful career path. And as an African-American female, I certainly recognize that there was a great need to diversify the industry and specifically to diversify the agency that I was working for at the time. And so when you couple that thought with the notion of part of the role of an advertising agency is to be smart marketing partners to their clients who are representing diverse constituents, it just really begs the question of why aren't we doing more to be intentional and to leverage diversity and inclusion as an opportunity to help us to really advance the business. And so I remember going to the president CEO at the time who was very hands-on And I really shared this story with him, and I knew that the BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal at the time, was for the agency to become the most admired agency in the Southeast. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, part of my communication to him was, why are we waiting for someone to knock on our door and, and place a mandate? Because that's what was happening in markets like Chicago and New York, the advertising capitals of the world, if you will. But in Greenville, South Carolina they had not yet really placed emphasis on making that a big focal point. And so if we wanted to be the most admired agency in the Southeast, let's demonstrate that leadership and not wait and also allow us to propel to the next level in terms of servicing our clients and being able to obtain new clients. 
So when I had that conversation, the president and CEO listened very intently. He was very supportive. And he said, I agree, Nika, we're going to do it. There's a strong business case for it. You're going to lead it. And um, that's when I started serving in a dual role, both still management supervisor on the account services end, but also I started working in the capacity of diversity and inclusion, leadership, management, and really directing those efforts and found that I was really drawn to the space. And if you fast forward several years later, it led to an opportunity where I began to work full time as VP of diversity and inclusion for the Greenville Chamber. And then fast forward again, another five years from there, I got the entrepreneurship bug and decided that I wanted to now take this work and my platform and messaging around this work to a much broader, larger audience. And that's what led to the launch of Nikolai Consulting, which management consulting firm that intersects the work of diversity and inclusion, leadership and business. Wow, that is awesome. And I know you were VP of diversity and inclusion at the chamber. And I do have to tell everybody, let me just pause right here and acknowledge the fact that you were also an award recipient as well, because of your great work there. I do have here that back in 2014, you were awarded the Palmetto Visions Award for Excellence in Workplace Diversity by the uh, South Carolina Chamber of Commerce there, as well as the Excellence in Diversity Award recipient too. So I just think that really deserves acknowledgement and congratulations on that. And that only means that that passion that you have has spread and it has actually produced some really amazing results, which brings me to MLK. Now, I want to talk about that. You were very instrumental in having MLK events take place right there in South Carolina in Greenville. Can you tell us a little bit about how that all got started? And I do see that it was very successful. Sure. I'd love to talk about that, Sandy. So um, one of the historical points for Greenville, South Carolina, we were the last county in the nation to recognize MLK holiday as an official holiday. And because of that, it created a huge divide within our community. We had a lot of people that were advocates of really wanting to see that day to be honored appropriately. And so there were a lot of um, sit-ins and marches, and it just really created this, this huge sense of division trying to get the decision made to get the holiday passed. After lots of efforts, the holiday eventually was officially recognized, and, um, but it was so, such a hard road getting to that point. And so many of us, honestly, just kind of sat down and started talking about the fact that, you know, being the last county in the nation, it led to national publicity, which was not very positive, and it really reflected negatively on Greenville County, and we did not want that to be what people associated with. And so we wanted to do something once the holiday was passed to really um, celebrate that occasion and create a sense of cohesion that had been lost through the turmoil to get to that point of establishing the holiday. And so we ended up um, creating what we refer to as MLK Dream Weekend. And it really was about now not looking back, but looking forward. And I'll tell you one of the most memorable moments of the 10 years in which we were facilitating that event and initiative for the entire upstate of South Carolina was when the very first year we had as our keynote speaker, Dr. Bernice King, Dr. King's daughter. And -hmm. if you can imagine that on the MLK weekend, she probably had invitations all over the country (laughs) to speak and to share a very inspiring message, but she saw fit to be right here 
in Greenville, South Carolina for our initial MLK Dream Weekend celebration, giving the keynote at our diversity banquet. And what she said to us that evening in her speech was, the last shall be first. And that encouraged our community greatly because we recognized there was a stain now that was put out there on our county strictly because of, of, of what had occurred with the holiday. And she acknowledged the fact that we really wanted to turn that around, and she was so grateful for all of those who were such strong advocates to have a voice behind the significance of observing Dr. King as an official holiday. And so the next year we ended up being able to get um, Dr. King's um, son to be our speaker, and then finally from there we nice. kind of branched out and had other speakers outside of the, um, you know, the King family. But it was it was a great testament to the ability that you can certainly go through some type of very, I guess, trying situation, um, but yet and still you can find some level of harmony to be able to reach a, a, a good result, a good end result. And that's what we were able to do through MLK Dream Weekend. Absolutely. MLK Dream Weekend, I, I hear that it was a really, really great success. And this is really historic because you were a part of something that was non-existent at first. Five of us who mm-hmm. were the founding members, if you will, and had the vision for, for this initiative. And we continued to lead that effort for 10 years. And then if you just think about the fact that the five founders were, you know, people that were very committed to community. They were full-time workers in their respective organizations. They, mm-hmm. We all have families. You know, once we reached the 10-year mark, we recognized that we needed to allow other leaders to step forward to take it to the next level. And so we were very strategic to identify an exit strategy, allowing other groups to be able to take that on. And there still continues to exist celebration of, of Dr. King in our community. So we're very proud of that. That is commendable. I would say that is something like a highlight that I would say in your life, this is going to go on and on and on. And it should be in the history books later on, I believe, because, you know, that is a very great thing that you did. And that's why we're shining the light as a positive newsmaker, because exactly that is what you're doing. And that is what you have done. And I appreciate that. appreciate you sharing that as well. Now, let's go a little bit back into the diversity and inclusion. So what are some of the things that you guys do to make sure there is uh, diversity and inclusion, whether it's the workplace or other activities as well. Sure. So Nikolai Consulting, we really have enjoyed working with so many different clients across private public sector organizations, and we really meet clients where they are. So we, we tend to spend a lot of time listening in the beginning to understand what are the needs, what are the learning objectives, what are the opportunities, and some organizations are starting at ground zero, whereby they do not have any type of DNI um, initiatives in place, and so we can help them certainly create an overarching strategy for DNI. And then there's some that are just looking to take their work to the next level. Perhaps their initiatives have grown stale, perhaps they really want to have greater impact, and so we are there to service the needs that, again, they span across many different you know, spectrums. I'll say, though, the two principles that we found to be very foundational to the work of how in which we consult and train and advise our clients, the first is you have to be incredibly intentional about the work of diversity and inclusion. It does not always happen organically. And if you really want to have the work to be sustained and to have people to engage in it in a very active way, then we have to put a level of intentionality behind it. And that really reigns true for any type 
type of endeavor that an organization or an individual would want to see accomplished. We have to be very thoughtful about it. We have to be strategic about it. We have to plan for it to happen, to believe in its success, and to really um, track our efforts towards making sure that we can get the end results that we're seeking. And so I always tell people that we have to approach this work with a great level of intention. So the Intentional Inclusionist, where can we purchase that book? People can go to my website, which is MikaWhite.com, and there's a link. And I would really just uh, enjoy hearing from folks who want to learn more about this work. Nice. So NikaWhite.com. Go to NikaWhite.com. The Intentional Inclusionist will give you even more detail. Dr. Nika White, we appreciate you for coming on to the show today. Thank you for all of the great work that you are doing, the change that you are making. I'm sure the people of Greenville, South Carolina are proud to have you. You've made such a great difference, and we appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to come and share. So thanks for having me. In 1925, Harvard-trained historian Dr. Carter G. Woodson founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History with hopes of raising awareness about the contributions that African Americans have made to civilization. It all began as a week-long celebration called Negro History Week in 1926. The response was so overwhelming that by the year 1976, this week-long celebration had become a full-month celebration. Positive News and Inspiration celebrates Black History Month as we salute pioneers and existing everyday heroes who continue to make a positive difference. Positive News and Inspiration. Positive Pulse FM. You've been listening to Positive Pulse. I'm Sandy Washington thanking you for listening. Please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter at Positive Pulse FM and feel free to subscribe to our podcast at PositivePulseFM.com. Thank you for listening. Positive Pulse FM.